It's the Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. Oh, they're killing it. Usually means a motion and a run out wide to the right. Here's the handoff and to the end zone. Interception by the Giants. They'll preserve a giant victory. The Eagles have no timeouts. Wait a minute. Here's a free flag. I don't believe it. The Eagles pick it up and Herman Edwards runs it in for a touchdown. The Sportzilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Utica Comets Insider, live from this studio, not the 72 Tavern tonight. Seamus Malone, Mitch Elliott have already been recalled back from Kalamazoo, so they'll be rejoining the Comets, who, of course, in thrilling not only overtime, but shootout fashion, 5-4, to four, beat the Syracuse Crunch on Saturday night. Those two teams go back at it again on Valentine's Day out in Syracuse. That's this Friday, obviously. It's the Galaxy Cup brought to you by Delmonico's Italian Steakhouse. How about that Frankie Perron goal in the shootout? The Forsberg? That was like some TJ Oshie stuff going on there, man. That's a thing of beauty. It sure was, man. Like, it lulled the goaltender to sleep. I, I was like, uh, and I had to watch it again and then again. I watched it probably a half a dozen times. Joe Roberts, the voice of the Comets. Uh, by the way, uh, we've got uh, Trent Cole's show tonight right here on ESPN Utica Rome at 6 o'clock, in case you're wondering at Shameless Plug. But even he was like... He, he called had, it the uh, the one-handed wonder, I believe. He, the Forsberg is what it's uh, the official move. It was a Peter Forsberg move. But yeah, that's what he called it. And uh, so he tweeted at ESPN like, maybe a Sports Center top 10 right. there. So that was nice to see. But we'll break that all down. We have Jonah Gadjevich number 21 with us in studio. He'll be in this very studio with us at seven o'clock till eight. We'll talk to Corey Hergott at that point in time and get you caught up in the last week of Utica Comets hockey. Excited about that. Speaking of hockey, how about those Clinton girls, the high school state champions? We have Nicole Ruddy lined up at, what time is it? 5.15 tomorrow? 5.15. She's going to join us to celebrate up in Lake Placid where... The Miracle on Ice happened. I guess they watched Miracle on their way up there on the bus and then on the way back. Very fitting. Celebrating the win. And then and then you see them, uh, the, the footage on WKTV I saw, them pulling into Clinton uh, late last night with the fire truck escort and the snow falling. What a fantastic time to be in Clinton and just celebrate. How happy are you for those girls, for Nicole for the parents that have dedicated all of their time, the hard work they've put in, balancing that, balancing school, state champions. It's just absolutely awesome. You love to see something like that happen. They they pulled it off. They persevered. They kept fighting. Was it was it one nothing in the championship game? Yeah, it was one nothing both rounds. Yeah, both yeah. rounds. You talk, you talk about nail biters. You know, Jeez. I mean. Uh, and a couple of shutouts. Your goaltender comes up big. Hey man, just so happy for those ladies. What else has been happening in Central New York over the weekend? I mean, I know some people checked out the XFL, but what about right here in our own backyard? How about Bo Hjelovitz? You want to talk about getting the sports still the rub. So Thursday, we have the head coach, Ryan Hall. Is this he- a thing? Right in here. Then on Friday, on the phone, we get Bo Hjelovitz. We get some shout-outs and love on Twitter. Hey, love you guys talking about soccer in Utica City FC. What happens? Hat trick. Bo goes out and scores a hat trick. They're up 5 nothing. end up winning 11-3 over the Rochester Lancers. They crushed him. Bo Hilovitz, man. I'll tell you what, he might want to come in with us on a regular basis. That's all I have to say. 
I'm taking credit for this one. We had nothing to do with it, but I'm still taking credit for it. Scoop, the glue guy, Matt Page, he's the boss. I'm Rain. It is the Sports Little Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. So we weren't on the uh, the pitch with him? Um, I technically was not. Yeah, me neither. There's a feel-good story as well, but I, I want to kind of save that until we get a representative back in here this week. I have a feeling we'll reach out. Ryan Hall beyond be on midweek with us. We'll, of course, have Sean Coffey on with us. We're going to have Gary Heenan on with us tomorrow because there's more that happened locally to take note of. First of all, Coffee for Three on Thursday is going to be celebrating Senior Day and that win over Alfred, 85-68. to 68. They clinched the playoff spot. How about that? Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess they did wind up having Senior Day festivities on Saturday. Initially, I thought they were going to move those, but... Yeah, yeah, they had it anyway. Since the Houghton game got moved, I thought maybe they were, I was told initially they were going to move that, the Senior Day festivities. But they did it, and they get a big win. And 17-4 and four now have won five straight, which, you know, is, is pretty good. But, you know, we're all talking about UC hockey, too, now with 12 straight. So maybe a, a little battle there to see who can keep the streak going longer. Yeah, preceding Nicole Ruddy, the head coach of the Clinton Girls State Champion High School Hockey Team. We will have at 5 o'clock Gary Heenan, 3-2 over Elmira. Then that 5 nothing win over Lebanon Valley. There is, I tweeted this, there is something special happening with this team. There's something great happening with the Utica College basketball team, but there's something extra special this year. Fourth in the nation, keep building, and there's just no letdown at this point. This is a well-oiled machine that Heenan has running. Even Heenan was like, I need to come on with you boys. I'll bring the goop. I'm going to bring the brain. And, and I want to talk to you guys about what's happening. And I'm psyched to have him back in here tomorrow to break this down. Well, you, you wanted to get revenge against geez. Elmira for the earlier loss. And it was a tight game. 3-2 and then a late goal. You asked him about that the other day when he was in with us. Yeah. And, you know, it it, it, it was probably, you know, one of the tighter games that this team has played. And Elmira is always going to get up to play us, and likewise. For sure. And a late goal wins it. Was it Casper got the goal? I got, I'm got. i looking that up right Cas- now. Casper Kel- Kelkvist got the late goal. That gave him the 11th straight win over Elmira, or the win over yep, Elmira, yep. which was their 11th straight. And then, of course, beating uh, Lebanon Valley. With, with, like, essentially 90 seconds remaining. Yeah, it was, it was a tight game. I, wow. They, they just, they win... Under any circumstances. That's why I'm saying there's something special here. There's something magical going on. And he has just built this program and built this program. And I just, I want to see it pay off. You know, this is a team that can get this done. I believe in, in Gary. Gary's a lot of fun to talk to. You know, you know this from him coming in here. He's out and about in the community. Uh, he was, he's supporting, he was, he was on social media supporting the Clinton girls hockey team. But he is, he is just a go-to you know, he's almost like the emperor of Central New York hockey. It's nothing against the Utica Comets, but he lives here. This is his home, and he has built a program from the ground up to being literally one of the four best in the country right now in Division Three. And when he talks, man, people listen. He knows what he's talking about. He has just built a great program. He's he got he's recruiting some of the best players. He has made, you realize, he's had D1 guys step back to D3 for the opportunity to play for him on this team. Because the ABC is a D1 atmosphere. Absolutely. I mean, this this program leads Division Three in attendance every year because of the facility here. Something to be proud of in the Utica area. And to get D1 kids 
you know, you're getting more attention. Because if you're playing D1, you might be thinking about a chance to play pro. Maybe not even thinking, I'm going to make the NHL. But I wouldn't mind the ECHL or the AHL or playing professionally overseas. You build a better resume D1. Not necessarily D3. That narrative is starting to change. There's a number of guys that have come out of the Utica College program, Scoop. You know this. Blue guy, you know this. That are playing pro hockey now. It's it's kind of uh, it's impressive what he's doing here. I mean, he's got skilled hockey players. It's a good level of hockey. It also looks good on Gary Heenan's resume too. Sure, it sure does. He's a pretty good coach, huh? You know, and I'm thinking of the travel. Uh, you know, over the weekend, they got there the night before. I guess they got there Thursday night to Elmira, so they didn't have to travel through a lot of that circumvented that awful yeah. weather we had. But they still had to make it to Lebanon Valley. For Saturday. For the Saturday game. And they did. And, you know, after a tight game Friday night, I wondered about the quick turnaround. Got to play a game again on Saturday. They shut them out. 5 nothing. Just fantastic effort. Makes that bus trip a lot easier on the way back. And now they face Chatham Friday here at home. First home game in a while for the UC Pioneers. I have a feeling... The ABC is going to be rocking. It, it is. It is. And at the same time, you're going to have the Utica Comets out in Syracuse for a throwaway throwdown matchup. So, if, I mean, if you're a, a Utica-based hockey fan, hockey fans follow both. They do. Yeah, there's there's a, a little bit of a different crowd depending on if you're going to a Pioneers game or a Comets game. But there's a lot of the same people. And even those that might not attend a Pioneers game, they still follow the team or they go to some games. Maybe they're not a season ticket holder. But you just got to be proud of, of the good hockey that you're seeing on all different levels right here in Central New York. It lends us to a lot of questions we can we can ask Gary about it. I, I'm curious to hear his hear what he saw because he'll always find something that, and we've asked him about this before that we got to get a little bit better at. Even being and there's probably things that he notices that he doesn't tell us. Of course, there's stuff yeah, you absolutely. absolutely never tell. You know, goofballs in the media like this, but. He's relatively forthcoming, and even though you got a 12-game win streak and you're fourth in the nation, the season's not over. The competition is just these. Listen, man, teams are going to get geared up. You have a target on your back now when you're the fourth best team in Division Three. They have a chance to go undefeated the rest of the season. Well, what a narrative for any program along the way that beats them at this point. That's a notch. That's we a notch. don't talk about that. That's a notch. But I'm saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that is the motivation that these teams moving forward are going to have when they Agreed. play the Utica College Hockey Pioneers. It's indisputable. And if anybody has any questions that you want us to bring to the attention of Gary Heenan when we have him in, whether it's tomorrow when he joins us at 5 o'clock or at any point through the rest of the season – we're on social media at ESPNUR. There's a Twitter and Instagram and a Facebook. And the Sportzilla Show also has a Facebook page. Just like the Sportzilla Show or follow along at ESPN Sportzilla. Hey, should we get a uh, a trendy hashtag going? Or like ask the brain or something like that? Ask the brain. Just hashtag the brain. We'll find it. <laughs> Tag Gary Heenan at Utica GH and hashtag the brain at ESPN Sportzilla. We'll, we'll make sure we find it by any means necessary. In Lebanon Valley game Saturday they held that team, our UC Pioneers held that team to 12 total shots in the game. In the wow. third period, they outshot them 16-4. to That's with a 3 nothing lead going into the third. How about that? So they, they put the hammer down, you can't, and, and they, kept, they kept gassing it. You can't lose if you don't let the other team shoot. Just saying. Remember that meme with the dude pointing at his head that everybody's yeah. seen on Sunday? Yeah. Can't let them score if they can't shoot. 
Yeah, that's good. Man, is that effort? Is is that just great defense? Is that a great scouting report? I'm sure it's all of those things and so much more. You guys want to take a break? We've got much more to talk about. Uh, there was a jacket toss yesterday for Syracuse basketball. We can recap that win. We can talk about a new five-star recruit headed our way. And obviously, even give some love to those those Syracuse girls if you want real quick. Next on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. The SportsZilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. So we had yet another jacket toss and another SU victory. And wow, what a thriller that was. I mean, really, this was a pretty good sports weekend for us in Utica here. Yeah, you know, I consider Syracuse basketball and football to be part of the Utica sports experience because well, I've followed it my whole life. You got the Clinton girls went in, you got the Comets went in, UC Pioneers win two games, two hockey games, UC basketball Pioneers win against Alfred, the senior day festivities. Did and you, you threw in Syracuse women even won, uh, they beat number five Louisville. That was a great game in 300 for Coach Q and his crew. I just wanted to mention that quick. And then the most unlikely of scenarios. With a couple of freshmen out on the floor to win the game against Wake Forest after losing a 16-point lead and being down by four at one point. Guts. And having a lot of foul trouble, too. Intestinal fortitude. Three guys, including Marek, with, well, the technical because he was like, eh, what happened there wasn't out of bounce. Three of your top guys out, and then you got Bryson Goodon and Jesse Edwards ultimately winning the game. With a talk what, about small ball, by the way. What was it called? Yeah, what was <laughs> it called? The hodgepodge lineup. That's what Mike Waters referred to it as uh, in Syracuse.com. A hodgepodge lineup. Scoop to your point. Blue guy, uh, give me some audio. All right, that's okay. I wish Elijah at the end he should have driven the ball. You know, we we don't want to get into overtime, and you got to drive it and hope they get a foul call. You know, settling for a three there is not a good play. But ultimately, how did it end up? Did the rebound, the the putback goes back to Bryson. He second and a half makes that layup. Still doesn't believe it. Said it was his first ever walk off the like, game winning shot. Spun it was around life. the rim there, made us wait for that instant with our our breath held, like is it going in? Oh! And then. Yeah, it's just... That's fun. Wow, it was. I mean, it just was not... Not for my heart, it's not. <laughs> it's not the way... It's good when it ends the way that... I'll take it any way you can get it. Like, no. I'll take a win any way it comes, even if it's bad on my heart. Bring it on. Ugly a couple wins. years ago, they called them the uh, cardiac cues. Of course, the cardiac comments. Anytime that you can make that... Uh, what is it? The alliteration? alliteration? Yeah, you're good to go. Alliteration always works. Over the span of four minutes in the second half... Against Wake Forest, Syracuse top three inside players foul out. The Orange wins, but I'll play it again over the final 20 minutes. As Marek Dolajai said in reference to those three players fouling out, we just have to be smarter. There were a few that were not good. Just it just shouldn't have happened. There were some. They took some fouls they should never have taken. They've all owned up to it. The over the back stuff. Coaches acknowledged it. Yeah, but hey, he threw the jacket, so you knew everything was going to work out in the end. I wanted to give you the. Jim Beheim jacket toss tracker. Uh, they've beaten Colgate since they've been tabulating this. They've beaten Colgate, Oakland, North Florida, Virginia, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and now Wake Forest in order when Jim Beheim throws off his jacket. I did not see what the lining inside of the jacket was. As many of you know, some of you may not. The last time that happened, he tossed his jacket, which had a picture of him 
tossing his jacket at Duke as the liner inside of his custom-made blazer. So, yeah. That's hardcore. It's hardcore. It is. I, I just, I, I love that kind of stuff. But I was happy to see they won. They've got NC State tomorrow night. So looking forward to them getting another win there. Bryce, Bryson fighting through the injury. He's got to wear this mask, which he has a hard time seeing with. I mean, come on. I don't wear a mask for anything. I got to play hoops, college hoops at that level, and I wear a mask? And, and the cold-blooded, just bam. You know, and, and just uh, Jesse Edwards, too. You know, uh, taking taking the opportunity and running with it to tip it, to tip it to Bryson. Wow, just amazing teamwork and so good to see the freshman get a, a big moment, make a play in a big moment. Just absolutely thrilling. Our coworker, our buddy Brent Axe, uh, of course, he did tweet, and I wanted to share this and give credit where it's due. He said basically. If you're John Wildhack, the AD of Syracuse, if Jim Beheim wants to go into that postgame press conference after that call with Marek Dolezal, where he was clearly not out of bounds, then didn't say a word, just pointed to the screen, was given the technical, the foul that ended up fouling him out of the game. Well, if Jim Beheim wants to go give an earful to the officials, Wildhack needs to pay the fine and whatever that is and deal with the consequences. I totally agree. I agree 100% too. I just uh I just find that funny if uh if that would happen. You, you know, know, I, I you get... know obviously Bayheim's name would be probably on the check, but we know where that would be coming from. You know, I I get that sentiment. I get wanting to voice your displeasure with the call, but it worked out. Ultimately, Jim did the right thing. Jim thought there were bigger fish to fry at that point in time than to Scream at the the official. If they didn't win the game, I wonder if the narrative in the post-game press conference was a little different because we've seen Salty Jim before, and he he will speak his mind when he's... What if he screams at the official and then they don't get a call they need later down the line? I'm saying in the post-game press conference, you might have heard a different narrative after the game if they didn't end up winning the game. There's always a possibility of that. Also of note, it was earlier this year, November 11th, when Syracuse football walked off against Wake Forest. So needless to say, I'm pretty sure the student body and fan base of Wake Forest are not Syracuse fans at the present moment. <laughs> probably have a severe dislike for Syracuse. Probably have sworn a little bit at the mention of the city of Syracuse and their sports teams at the college. I'm just going out on a limb and suggesting that. I know that if I was a Wake Forest fan... I would say that's accurate. I'd be like, those you-know-whats, damn them. Ah, oh, man, that's terrible. Other great news, Dior Johnson, five-star recruit, the best recruit Syracuse has had on paper based on all the analytics and everything else since a guy named Carmelo Anthony in 2003. He's a class of 22. He's going to stay in that class because he wants the chance if rules change for draft eligibility, wants to be able to go straight to the NBA. So there's always that. There's the caveat. But the fact remains, he said, I'm bringing my friends. I play basketball with a lot of the top recruits. He's number one overall, by the way. He is overall number one point guard. I mean, just an outstanding get for Syracuse. The number four prospect in the country by rivals, number one point guard. Uh, Depends on which different ranking systems you look at, but you're getting a really good one right here. Very excited to see that. I'm hoping he brings some friends. And that Carmelo was a hell of a guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he he sure was. He (laughs) He played AAU ball with Buddy Bayheim, 
Uh, they've been recruiting him since about the seventh grade. I ranted about it last week. I've ranted about it before. We've talked about it. But the simple fact of the matter is it's a false narrative that Syracuse can't recruit. Stop with that. It's just absolutely not true. You do not always get the five-star recruits. He said, Scoop, and we were talking about this earlier, I don't want to be one of the Blue Bloods. I want to beat the Blue Bloods. That's because when you play for Syracuse, you bleed orange. I'm right. It's a fact. You well, know, that's an awesome statement for him to make. Sorry, Scoop. Well, that, the, the tweet on Friday with him in the Syracuse Uni and the statement from him has to make Orange Nation just absolutely thrilled. I know. I was excited. I mean, you read things that he says like, uh, I love the coaching staff. We've been building a, a relationship since I was in the seventh grade. They've always made sure I was a priority. This feels like home. I will have an opportunity to build my own legacy and have the dome rocking every night. Hashtag go orange. I mean, if if you're a, a fan of SU, you want to suit up and get out on the court. You, you want to go to a ge- game and scream for your team. That is just fantastic to read that. And if you're one of the naysayers who says, we can't recruit the good players. They all go to Duke. You know, but look at that. And his uh, favorite player of all time, which is also his uh, Twitter uh, profile picture, Allen Iverson. So you're going to get some of that Allen Iverson type ego. And I think that's going to be great for the area. The chip on the shoulder. Listen, he can do it all. I, I was I was telling Scoop earlier. We don't ask about practice, though, do we? Uh, no, not with not with Allen Iverson types. But uh, <laughs> but he sorry. he won't comment on it. I, I guarantee you that because Coach will have him. You can uh, you can be sure though that he does practice because the skill set. I mean, he's got it all. Yeah, the passing ability, shooting ability, the ability to dribble, drive, and to get into the lane. He's going to make his players better. I mean, he's going to stuff the stat sheet for sure. It's it's and I said this to Scoop earlier. It's mindset. It's Mamba mentality. It is. It's it's those intangibles that Kobe was known for. Uh, this generation that grew up idolizing the guy. He clearly has that mentality. Call it whatever you want, but that's the type of attitude you want for somebody coming in here. Listen, I believe in myself. Absolutely. I believe in my abilities. You know, I'm I'm one of the better players in the country, and I'm going to bring some more with me. Syracuse basketball. Now, it's always been in the national conversation, but you're looking in 2020 after that season and that next year, you're looking at a damn good team. The it's fact that, that he's calling out Duke already, yeah, that's awesome as a fan. I think that's fantastic. I'm, I'm just excited. Overall, though, it was a great weekend if you're a Syracuse basketball fan and the way that it went down, and Jim was proud of the guys, too. I'm proud of these guys. They, they, they really dug down in there. I don't know how they did it. Honestly, to be in that situation and 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 get that was was uh, you know we lost two in a row. You're down a little bit. Um, you know, long time off between games. This is a real good win. Was a real good win. Sports Illustrated Show here, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at ninety six point five FM. Oh, it was a really, really good win. Jim Beheim joins us tomorrow. Make sure that we point that out. Should be, give or take, about 5.30. Or we'll let you know if that changes. Going to join us with a game tomorrow night, of course, against NC State. Just very excited about this program right now. That was a fun, fun game. Yeah, after two losses, you get a win like that. You had a 16-point lead. You wind up down by four, and you fight your way through it. You force Wake Forest to have five turnovers in the five 
minutes that close out that game. And you've got not your ideal group of men on the court. You've got some guys in in foul trouble who are on the bench. Well, and they're, not, they're fouled out. They're in the most kind of foul trouble you can be in. And the freshmen come up big. Just fantastic. Yeah, it's weird. You just you couldn't script that kind of stuff. You never, ever would have expected you know, three players, three of your key rotation players out of the lineup falling out. Just not what you're expecting. We're going to come back. Speaking of Syracuse players, there is one that was traded, then waived, and you'll never guess where he might be going. That's next. More on the NBA also. Sports Illustrated Show ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. The Sports Illustrated Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. I think the saying is, uh, I'm old enough to remember when just last week we gave out tickets to the golf show at the Turning Stone Resort Casino, which we did. That's this weekend, three days. If you're a golfer, whether you're good at it or bad at it, well, there's two. You, you're either a golfer or you're a hacker, whichever you are. If you enjoy playing the game of golf, what do you sit on the couch and watch? Yeah, get. I, I've watched golf. Well, yeah, but you said there's only uh, two types. I only watch. I, don't, I can't do it. You're an observer of yeah, golf. There you go. There you go, too. So with, if you like golf, though, all things golf related at the Turning Stone over the course of three days, the golf show is up there. Turning Stone Resort Casino, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Scoop, also of note, I want to hear more about this, this bus ride to Syracuse that Coach Cole talks about from what I hear in the Coach Cole show. Well, yeah, you'll have to tune in to hear the whole thing, but the gist of it is... On the way to Syracuse, the bus driver goes to hit the windshield wipers. Well, it, it must have been a new bus for the driver. Yeah, Joe and Joe and Coach were in earlier, and they were talking about how that uh, that's something they want to bring up on tonight's Trent Cole Show, brought to you by Blend. Every Monday, 6 to 7, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. The whole bus stops. Really? Just the whole bus. So you got the preliminary story? Yeah. There'll be more on the air? Yes, there will. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I want to talk about the XFL, guys, but I, I just want to bring up, and, and I don't want to bury the lead because we had mentioned a, a Syracuse basketball player and what's he doing now since the trade and the suspensions and everything else. He's in year two of a four-year deal with Miami. He gets traded to Memphis. They do the expected. They waive him. Means he can sign anywhere. His name is Dion Waiters, and now the rumors are, you've heard him as well, Scoop. Tell everybody where he's got a meeting of coming, and he could provide some great depth to this team. Well, a team that didn't seem to do a whole lot at the trade deadline, but that we heard was supposedly going to do a lot to add a piece, and that would be the Lakers. They were trying to get Darren Collison. Both LA teams were sore of the Clippers, and he's he basically said, "No, it's not the right time. I'm going to stay retired." So now they move on, and yeah, Dion. And maybe Dion can go in there with LeBron, a guy who has a history of dealing with. Players who can be problematic and sort of nurture them and guide them and steer them in the right direction. Uh, you know, we've seen this throughout LeBron's career, some of these guys. Uh, if you're on his side, he brings you into the fold. And, he, you know, he's it, it, what a great role model this guy is. I mean, everybody wants to argue Jordan, LeBron, what have you. But in his personal life. And the things, the philanthropic things that he does, 
he's a role model. Not a, every one of these guys. I mean, you get Charles Barkley say back in the day, I'm not a role model. He's, he's a guy that embraces that and is a role model. And he's going to get respect on a level that you, Jimmy Butler or whoever on the Heat is not necessarily. Nobody on Minnesota is going to get the respect from Dion Waiters that LeBron is. And, and LeBron is also used to dealing with Pat Riley. And he's so he'll know exactly what Dion Waiters is dealing with. Exactly right. And he's also dealt with a guy named J.R. Smith before, so he understands how Delonte West. Teammates that have this talent that just the 10 cent head sometimes. Unfortunately, Dion has put himself in that conversation. So we'll see if it comes to fruition and he I mean, Tristan Thompson, maybe yep. with some ill advised uh pictures with ladies on social media. You know, I mean, and 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 more than than that, that's been alleged on social media. <laughs> they also put out preliminary rosters of 44 players, NBA players, in consideration for Team USA for the upcoming Olympics. It, you could just randomly pick 12 guys off this, and as you said earlier, Scoop, the world should be worried. Yeah, this team is. I mean, you, you look at this. Uh, it's 44, is it on there? They're all good, and like it's not even the best batch. It's not even the the final cut. I just I just highlighted a handful of the 44 guys. Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, Mike Conley, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, DeMar Rosen, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Draymond Green, James Harden, Dwight Howard, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Russell Westbrook. I don't even think that that's even half of the possible players that are in consideration to make this roster. It's amazing. There's five Celtics on there. Is there five? Did yeah. you just count Celtics? Yes, I did. I don't think there's one Nick on that, though. You know, you realize that there's not one Nick on there. Hey, I see a uh, Kyrie Irving for the Nets. Okay, but there's no Knicks players on there whatsoever. That is so disheartening. It really is. Even though they've won four straight games, which makes me kind of happy. But does it, though? Yeah. Because the more you win, the more you're away from a good draft pick. Yeah, but also it's so few and far between to get a feeling of for basically a week, week and a half now, it's been like, they, they've been winning. Yeah. I never have. That. Usually it's that feeling of, oh, yeah, they lost again. Oh, yep, they lost again. So you flip through your phone and go, yep, that's a loss. Oh, they lost again. Yeah, but it, I've had that nice feeling of a few wins in a row. Uh, Celtics have won 11 of 12. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Thanks for bringing me back down to earth. Well, enjoy your four in a row. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to. I was until he, he just took a shot at me. Thanks, glue guy. Sorry. Oh, boy. I'll leave. XFL. Got underway this weekend. Seattle, D.C., L.A., Houston was on Saturday. Sunday was Tampa and the New York Guardians, St. Louis and Dallas. I was bummed that Dungy, Eric Dungy, former Syracuse quarterback, didn't get the start and all that and didn't play. But I like the football. I really do. And I want to start out. Comment on the back side of this, though. The First of all, the, the main thing, and there's many changes in the rules or tweaks in the rules, but it's the reviews. They go right up to the booth. There's a camera there. You hear the audio, and there's no BS. And I think ultimately the NFL is going to have to consider this. Is a completed catch and a fumble. Okay. Is, is that your ruling? Is that the ruling on the field? The ruling on the field is a completed catch, fumbled by the receiver. New York picked up the fumble, recovered in advance. First down, New York. Okay. We have a good view here. When he landed on the ground, he only had one foot down. The ball was jarred loose, so it's going to be an incomplete pass. We're going to change it to an incomplete pass. So give me down and distance on the previous play. Should be We're second on and 15, the right? 25-yard line. Should be second and 15, correct? Second and 15. All right. Okay. 
I will make the announcement. After further review, the receiver did not complete the process of a catch. Therefore, it is an incomplete pass. It will be second down and 15. I love the transparency, which always bothers, I, I think, a lot of NFL fans, me included, because they just make these ridiculous calls, and we don't get to see that transparency. We don't get to see how they arrived, the step-by-step process at those calls. We didn't see any of the ridiculous, is this a catch, is this not a catch? You saw that whole process and how it can be a difficult decision sometimes, which I think is important. The NFL could benefit from that, but because of their corporate arrogance, I don't think they'll ever allow themselves that scrutiny. So without that transparency, people joke around and say, oh, so-and-so is paying the refs. Jerry Jones is paying the refs. Robert Kraft is paying the refs. Las Vegas is paying the refs. So with that transparency, that gets rid of that whole narrative. Sure does. ABC, Fox, ESPN, a couple games on FS1. You'll see that in the upcoming weeks. But it, the, the television product and partners are different than they were 20 years ago in the first go-around with the XFL. They've done it a lot better. The rule changes, like the whether it's one, two, or three points for the extra point from the two, the five, and the ten. We talked about the coaches and hearing their audio from the sidelines. Those The sideline interviews have been fun. What else for you, Glue Guy? Um, I think the fact that you're hearing of players, their son, uh, former Saints wide receiver Joe Horn, his son is playing in this league. Yeah, Ricky Prohl's son is also... Austin Prohl. Uh, yeah, he caught a touchdown, yeah, I believe. Quite a few. Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of a cool thing. Maybe they're not quite good enough to get to NFL, but this gives them an outlet. Is it G League? Is it the minor leagues of the NFL? Is it ultimately a prove-yourself type of a league? Does it give guys like our friend Joe Coletta, who's still working, trying to get on the roster, had a quick cup of coffee with the Cleveland Browns? Does it give him an opportunity to crack a lineup or get some playing time or get on a roster? I mean, it's interesting. Cardell Jones of the D.C. Defenders he talked about the slight drop off in skill level, but says it's not that far away from the NFL. It's good football. Um, I think it's pretty much the same. I mean, honestly, we got so many coaches on our staff that have so much uh, NFL experience. He kind of preparing it from things that worked in his past with Coach Hamilton, and um, I like I don't really see a huge difference in, other than some of the rule changes and you know looking at the kickoff. It's a little different, <laughs> but when it comes to the um, athletes, at the end of the day, all these guys are pros. We get paid to play. Uh, professional football, and I don't see a huge jump off or fall off from the comparison um, of skill. The NFL needs its own version of the G League, and this totally could be it. For broadcasters, for refs, for players, for training staff, for everything. I mean, we had players uh, on that uh, AAF league, in that league, who made it onto NFL rosters this year. There's no reason these guys can't play themselves onto an NFL roster. If they play well, you know, coaches now, especially NFL coaches are back, I'm watching some football, and and it's not their own team. They can watch it for for pleasure purposes. Then they can reach out and maybe talk to Mark Tressman or Jerry Glanville and say, hey, what about this guy? And then get the backstory and how he is in, in practice. And maybe these guys get an invite to an NFL training camp. Like a Cardell Jones, maybe? Absolutely. So week 10 wraps up the Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday of April 9th, 11th, and 12th. Playoffs start April 18th. The championship game is on April 26th. What a nice level of football to see 
getting us through spring. You don't have to worry about after the Super Bowl. It's all over. No football. <laughs> it's just baseball season. I guess it's not. If baseball's not your thing, now you have this option. And the atmosphere is solid. They were averaging three and a half to four million viewers at any given time for all of these games over the course of the two days this weekend. Which is fantastic. Which it really is. And the atmosphere is described by Cardell Jones since we brought him up again of the D.C. Defenders. The biggest surprise so far was actually the game day and the atmosphere and the support we got from um, the, the DMV. I mean, they came out and supported us from beginning to end, and I did not, I didn't have any expectations going into the game when it came to the environment, but if I did, they blew them out the water. You asked me what else was interesting. Having Greg Olson as a broadcaster who just uh, got released from the Carolina Panthers last week. Yeah, I thought he was I good. I thought he was really good. Yeah, I agree. He gave a uh, awesome perspective. Love the kickoffs, too, by the way. Oh, I 100% agree. It's a real fun thing to watch. Go ahead. Um, I think Greg Olson has a future in broadcasting. You know, we talked about uh, Tony Romo getting a lot of money from ESPN, possibly. What if you go Greg Olson and Tony Romo? Yeah, this might be giving him an even bigger opportunity in the NFL moving forward because you know he would jump at that. Also, the target game length the XFL is going for is two hours and 45 minutes. That's what they want. They want to shorten that game experience for the the fan. The, the clock is 25 as opposed to 40 yeah. between plays, right? Yeah. Even still, I think they, they averaged uh, like two hours and 56 minutes or something like that. So it's still longer than their target, but that's a good length. They had one game bleed over the start of another. I don't think they really anticipated that. But that 25-second clock makes things move along a lot quicker. It was a good quality football product. I enjoyed it. There was names that you knew, people that you knew, players that you've seen play in college, you recognize, or you know from somewhere else. It was good and uh, a much better debut, I think, than, you know, when Mr. McMahon tried this the first time around. And uh, there was only 10 minutes for halftimes, too, rather than the 15. Yeah, they definitely move things along, and I definitely like that. So I don't want to bum out the Red Sox fans, but the deal went through for Mookie Betts and David Price to go to the Dodgers. How did the Dodgers sweeten the deal? We'll find out next. SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. The SportsZilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. If you miss any of the broadcast, don't forget you can get the podcast post-show. All the social media links will have it. Google, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. We podcast all those places. Check it out if you missed anything. We're here, we're here every day. We're there every day. Monday through Friday, 5 to 6. Tomorrow, we have Nicole Ruddy, who is the head coach of the Clinton Girls High School State Championship Hockey Team. We'll be excited to welcome her into the studio 515, preceded by Gary Heenan, the brain from Utica College men's hockey, fourth overall in Division Three in the nation. He will be on with us also, so make sure you tune that in. The top of the hour, the Trent Cole Show is on the way if you're a Utica Comets fan from 6 to 7 with the voice Joe Roberts. Yeah, Brady to... Los Angeles and Brady to Dallas and all that glue guy. That's your guy. It is. I know. It's ridiculous. We know. We know. So if Jerry Jones pays $50 million a year, I think Brady would be dumb not to accept that. Yeah, I, I mean, I would consider it, but there's no reason to because then there's nothing left on the but roster. He's got a young Dax, and he won't pay him either uh, yet, apparently. He's in his 20s. Brady's 43. Eventually, age catches up even to Tom Brady and TB12. It Agreed. does. 
So yeah, just a bad move. Jerry Jones is dumb enough to do something like that, though. He really is. I hate to say it, but he would attempt something like that. Oh, he would. But Major League Baseball is where I want to wrap things up today. The trade with Boston and the Dodgers for bets and price uh, has gone through. Um, Also, there is a new playoff thing going on. Give me the quick synopsis on that before I give you the audio from Jeff Passan about the trade. Well, this article uh, from the New York Post alleges that the MLB is plotting a playoff expansion with a reality TV twist. Uh, and, and the concept, the team with the best record in each league receives a bye to avoid the wild card round and goes directly to the division series. The two other division winners and the wild card with the next best record, which East would each host all three games in a best of three wild card round. So the bottom three wild cards would have no first round home games. That's kind of interesting. The division winner with the second best record in the league would then get the first pick of its opponent from those lower three wild cards. Then the other division winner would pick, leaving the last two wild cards to play each other. In other words, they're on TV. They go, it's almost like when you're picking up sides as a kid. You know, I want that guy. I want that guy. They're on TV, and they're like, I want to play Tampa Bay. Interesting. I want to play Detroit. This is how the Dodgers sweeten the deal to get Mookie Betts. This deal came together because the Los Angeles Dodgers upped the ante in the package that was going back to the Boston Red Sox. When they saw Brewstar Grotterol's medicals, they believed that he was not going to be a starting pitcher, that he would likely end up a reliever, and they scuttled the deal right there. At that point, the Dodgers had a choice. They could either pay up more and get Mookie Betts and David Price back, or the deal would fall apart completely. And ultimately, the Dodgers want to win the 2020 World Series, and they feel like they do that better with Mookie Betts at the top of their lineup. So by adding Jeter Downs, a prospect who wasn't in the deal the first time, that pushed it over the edge and made it much more palatable for the Red Sox. So that's basically how it went down. And then in a separate deal, Kenta Maeda goes to the Minnesota Twins, along with $10 million and a prospect, and uh, I think there's a pick involved, and there's pending medical reviews. But ultimately, all of this ended up happening, Scoop. We're out of here for tonight. Any last words? Go Comets. Go Comets. Yeah, we've got Insider <laughs> at 7 o'clock on the Brother Station. This is the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM.